to the book of Peter, Second Peter, third chapter. Second Peter, the third chapter. Verse 8 through 13, I want you to hold your place there. The main text will be coming from the book of Revelation. Chapter 8. And we'll deal with 8 through 11. So hold your places in those two places there. <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for coming out. Newberry, our family from Newberry is in the house. Let's give them a hand. God bless you all. Chair D called me this morning from Philadelphia. They were on their way to church up there, and he was telling everybody that to let them know that all is well. He says hey to the family, and he'll be hopefully back by Wednesday to join us back here. So we're going to keep them in prayer for their uh, safety. We also want to keep uh, Roderick and his wife in prayer while they uh, facilitate this time of uh, season in their life. We want to keep them in, in prayer on that. I want to read something here uh, in verse chapter. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 13. You bear with me? Amen. Is everybody there? Amen. The Bible says, but beloved, he's talking to the Christians. He says, be not ignorant of this one thing. Off the top, he lets us know that he don't want us to be ignorant of this one thing. In other words, he wants us to be agile and conscious of something. He wants us to know that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, a lot of theologians say that, that one day represents a thousand years, and a thousand years represents one day with God, but that's not what this text says. This text says that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. In other words, it's only a conscience revelation to the infinitude of who and what God is. And it's saying that I don't want man to look at me as far as time is concerned as man himself looks at time. Because I am an eternal God. And there is no beginning and no end to me. Uh, when we talk about one day with the Lord, uh, he's speaking of Hey, that's just like a thousand years to me, and a thousand years to me is just 
just like one day. It's all the same to me because I'm an eternal God. So he says, beloved, I don't want you to be ignorant of this one thing about me. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. But he says in verse 9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. You, you, you know how we are as human beings. We count the slackness of others more so than we count the slackness of ourselves. We all know how we are, don't we? Can I get an amen in the house? The Bible says that the Lord is not slack like that concerning his promise. But look at what the Lord wants for us. But is what? Long suffering. Toward who? So that means to me that God is long suffering toward all of us. That means all of us need some mercy. That means all of us need some compassion. That means all of us need some love. That means all of us need some help. Right or wrong? According to his word here. He says, but he is long suffering toward us. Why? Not willing that any should do what? Perish. Well, if God doesn't want us, any of us to perish, then why do we Amen. attack one another? Amen. I'm talking about the church now. Amen. I'm talking about the church. Because that's my job to deal with the church, the body of Christ. And all God is doing here is he's exemplifying some things here. He's saying here that he's not with it. That some should perish. Look here that he says that any should perish. But that all should come to what? Repent. So he's long suffering toward us. Why? In hopes that we all come to that point of repentance. So that we can see the need that we need God and we need each other to make it through. Very simple. But he's talking about this slackness here. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. This is not a science fiction writing here. This is real. Seeing then, verse 11, that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to be looking toward and forward to that day. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fear and heat. Nevertheless, we, the church, according to whose promise? His promise. We look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth what? Righteousness. Righteous. That's what God is looking for, and that's what he wants us to be looking for. 
in the coming age. But in order to get there, we have to catch that revelation and that vision now. Because if we don't, then we'll lose out. So a part of righteousness is long-suffering and love towards one another. See, that's a part of right, his righteousness. Now, I'm talking about his righteousness, not our own. I want you to understand that without determining what is a matter of controversy in these points that I'm about to embark upon among learned men, I'd rather choose to make these plain and practical remarks instead. Where the gospel comes to a people, hear me good, but is coldly received and has not its proper effect upon their hearts and lives, it is usually followed with dreadful judgments. You know, when we hear the word but we receive it coldly, it usually comes back on us in some way, form, or fashion in a dreadful judgment. God gives, number two, God gives warnings to men of his judgments before he sends them. I'm going to give you a prophetic word here today, a warning from God. Do what you will with it. Receive it coldly or receive it properly. It's up to you, but I'm going to give it. God gives warnings to men of his judgments before he sends them. He sounds an alarm by the written word, which we're going to prove it in the word. By ministers, I'm standing here today at the mouth of God. By men's own conscience and by the signs of the times. So that if a people be surprised about what's taking place, it's their own fault. Why? Because he always sends the warning. He always sends the mouthpiece. The anger of God, number three, against a people makes dreadful work among them. I stand accused. It embitters all their comforts. Yes, it does. And makes even life itself bitter and burdensome. Yes, it does. Number four, God does not in this world stir up all his wrath against us. Thank you, Jesus. But sets bounds to the most terrible judgments. Until when? The Holy Spirit is taken up. Mm -hmm. The book of Thessalonians. When he is taken out of the way. Mm -hmm. Verse 5. I mean chapter 5. Or, or, or number 5. Talks about corruption of doctrine. Which is corruption of teachings and worship. In the church. Or in themselves. Great judgments according to God. And the usual causes and tokens of other judgments coming on a people. This country on Independence Day was founded on faith. And 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Lord is that spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, let's go over here to Revelation, the eighth chapter. I'm not going to be with you long because after we leave here, we want to go and enjoy what the Lord has set forth for us and we'll get together at our home, bring in our home. I want to, once again, I want to thank God, Savior. I want to thank 
uh, House of Destiny, the assembly here, for the love and consideration. I want to thank my wife. She did something special for me this morning. It was small to her, but you know, sometimes uh, expensive things come in small ways. You know, uh, she'll she'll never know what she did. She probably wasn't nothing to her, but uh, she didn't think it would make the impact on me. Thank God for it. Thank God. Now, with that said, I want us to, uh, I, I, I want to deal with something here. We got a situation. Y'all remember back in the first of the year, right before the New Year's came in, that God gave a prophetic utterance about this year. We were going into the new year. And God said there were going to be things happening this year. Not only in the world, but in the United States of America also. That was going to be unheard of. Y'all remember God speaking that? Who remember God speaking? Raise your hand. We're going to make God true up in here. We're going to see if God speaks up in here or not. Two weeks after that, 350,000 people were hit in an earthquake down in Haiti. Remember that? They still down there suffering, right? Amen. Just because we don't hear about it don't mean that it, they not have a problem. Amen. Then a few weeks later, there were massive tornadoes down in this city. Then came an unheard of volcano over there in the Iceland that actually shut down the airways where it could be no transportation, flying, or traveling for over two weeks. Unheard of. Then came a 500-year flood in Tennessee that wiped out Nashville. And then came the greatest man-made disaster in American history. The book. Undeniable, God speaks. But do we listen? He's going to speak again today. What we do with it is up to us. If we receive it calmly, we'll be heard by it. Any of us. I'm not exempt. The same word hit you, hit me. And when you get in a certain area with God, what people don't understand is that it's such a dangerous thing to go too high in God because everything you speak and release is like a boomerang. It comes back to the one that spoke it. That's why the prophets of the Old Testament caught so much chaos and hell in their lives because of the level that they were on. But the normal people don't understand the situation of why they cut Paul's head off and they shot arrows through Thomas and they hung Peter upside down. St. Andrew, his brother, upside down, killed him on an upside down cross called because of the level of what they were giving up. There's an attack against the level of the spirit. You go higher, you get attacked more. Now, I want to talk about, before I go to Revelation, 
and start dissecting it, I've got to give you some understanding on just how powerful and how dangerous this situation is with this crude oil, oil spill. First of all, you've got to understand what crude oil is made up of. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something in the scripture. Just give me a minute. Crude oil is made up of hydrocarbons, hydrocarbons. Hydrocarbons contain a lot of energy, people. This energy, they capture it in products derived from crude oil, like gasoline, which will kill you, diesel fuel, which will kill you, methane gas, which will kill you, and fuel oil, which they call paraffin uh, uh, wax which will also kill you. Now the crude oil, it consists of about 84% carbon, 14% hydrogen, 1 to 3% sulfur, all this stuff will kill you. Less than 1% nitrogen, less than 1% oxygen, less than 1% nickel, which also, or 1% metals, which also include copper and arsenic, and less than 1% salt, which deals with all the sodium and the calcium and the magnesium chloride, which are also key. Now the casualty on life down there, BP's toxic legacy will bring forth decades of misery for Gulf health. Hundreds of cleanup workers already, hundreds of them, in Louisiana and Alabama have reported chest pain, skin and eye irritation, nose bleeds, stomach problems, nausea, cognitive disruption, that means they can't remember things, which medical experts believe is just the beginning. For the thousands who have already been exposed, it could already be too late for them. We talk about exposure to crude oil, and I just told you everything today. The Exxon Valdez 20 years ago in Alaska was considerably less toxic than what we call a Louisiana sweet oil. There's a difference in the crudeness of that oil. And the Exxon Valdez oil spill wreaked havoc on any life forms that it encountered, including brain lesions, coma, and death. We're setting up here for a giant human tragedy. Decades of misery, this is a quote, especially if a storm or hurricane spreads it to normal, everyday people on shore. Toxicologist Dr. Ricky Ott explains. Now this doctor is an expert of toxicology. Toxicology is a study of poisons. What a kid you. And I told Brenda a while back about we got to watch this hurricane season. Now they're talking about it's going to be 85% more uh, agile than it was last year. It's going to be like a time that Katrina came through with all of those 18 hurricanes that hurricane season. So we, we, we have a problem here, Houston. We got a problem. And there are a lot of lies being told. 
and we are being so caught up in our own small personal problems until we're not seeing the grip of the end time coming on and the claw of the beast as he closes in on us more and more. Because if you can keep a person small-minded on their own problems, they won't be able to see the bitter. And they certainly won't be able to look to that coming of a new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, as 2 Peter told us to look forward to. Because we'll be caught up on the immediate situations in our life. And it'll cause us not to be able to expand, to see really what's going on, what's really going to affect us. Watch the word in Revelation about this oil spirit. Revelation 8th chapter. I'm going to break it down and then we're going to get on out of here. Always there. Amen. And everybody's there. Really. I'm not going to get into who the angels are and all of this on these seven angels here, but these are the seven that sound the trumpets. You've got seven seals, you've got seven angels that with trumpets, and then you've got seven angels with the vials of the wrath of God. We're dealing with the seven angels, or we're going to deal with number two and number three of the angels that hold the trumpet, meaning that they are going to sound a message in the earth from heaven. And that's exactly what's taking place now. The Bible says in chapter 8, Revelation, verse 8, and the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain, burning with fire was cast into the sea and the third part of the sea became blood. First of all, this great mountain that we're talking about, this great mountain that we're speaking of represents a great force in the earth. BP was a great force and is a great force in the earth. And BP had a thing out there in the sea, the Gulf, called the deep water horizon. Now, the Bible says here that it was a great mountain burning with fire. Did it not? Did it blow up? And it was done what? It was cast, thrown into the sea, burning. And get what happened? The Bible says that when it was cast into the sea, that a third part of the sea became blood. If anybody know anything about this speed, when you take an aerial photograph, a third of that ocean is reddish and orange. Like blood. If anybody that know anything about it and have seen aerial photography of it, it's right there in your eyes. And it comes from all of these mixtures 
and dangerous chemicals that comes from crude oil as well as those dispersing. And it was cast into the sea. And the sea, the gulf, became blood. Meaning, that word blood there means that it became death to whatever was in that. Okay? Now look at this word here, verse 9. And a third part of the what? Which were where? In the well? Uh huh, where death was. Uh huh. Where that thing was cast at. Said that, and that. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life had past tense. Said it done what? Died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Watch God's word be true. Watch this. There are three significant places there is that this all it's killing. It's killing at the top level when it rises to the top, the sea line. It's killing in the middle because they got a thing called plumes that are 40 and 50 miles long. And God knows how, how wide. And it travels like a big block. They call them plumes. And whatever that's, that's going like swimming. And whatever it runs into, it's killing. Because you gotta understand now, everything what's in, what's in crude oil, all the different parts. So when that thing moves through there, it's a monster, and it's killing everything. It's in its path. Then you got that blanket of sea life that's on the floor of the sea, and that all the heaviest part of that all. It's like a mattress, it sinks, and it's on the floor. And when those animals, that sea lions, go to eat, those that eat from the ground or from the floor, they get their kill because they're eating. And then the ones that are swimming through and eating, they're being killed by it too because of all them moons out there. See, you can't see it unless they go up from the satellite and look down. And then they see it. But what it is. And then the ones that's on top, the whales and the dolphins, you know, the little that's come up and get out. When they come up and get out, then that which is on top is getting. Am I understanding? Are y'all following me? Is that a social assignment? Slow it up to get. And this thing's been on me for a long time. And that's why constantly I'm saying, I say, pray for the good. Pray for the good. I have reasons why I say what I'm saying. I don't ask you to pray for me. I want you to pray for somebody else. Learn to pray for somebody else. I tell you, say. And God will take care of you. Learn to pray about the people that can't help themselves. That's disaster. That's in a disaster. He says, in the third part of the creatures, which were in the sea, and had life, they died. And the third part of the ships, 
were destroyed. All of those ships, those businesses, all of those businesses died. Every one of those ships, unless VP has come through, paid them a little bit of money to go out there, and that's only a few of them, but all of them ships that had businesses are docked. They dead. Them businesses are dead. They're all in dock. Them people down there ain't got nothing. Their homes have been wrecked. People killing themselves, shooting their brains out down there. So not only was the sea life destroyed, a third, but a third part of the ships, which are the businesses that these ships were involved in. Going out catching fish, all of that stuff. See, see, those businesses are gone. And the only ships that are being used are the ones that BP are straw bossing out. Subcontracting, whatever you want to call it. They ain't making nothing like the money they were making. But that ain't all. Because here we go again. From the sea turning into blood, which means the sea turning into death, verse 10 begins with the pollution of the waters. When the third angel sounds, see there's a message that's going out to the world. God's been sending it out. He's sending it. On a worldwide, on a worldwide scale. He said in verse 10 that and the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven. Now, that BP, they, they, they were a great star. They were up in lights. Come on now. They were up in lights. But it failed. It fell from that place of high thought. Spiritual wickedness in high places. It fell from that place of greed. It fell. Great star. In other words, it had great pull power. You know how a star is. People look toward a star. They look to it. They invest in it. They believe in it. Even Abraham studied the star before he knew better. This great star, BP, the deep water horizon, it failed. And it, when it fell, verse 10 said it was burning as it were a what? Fire still on it. And it fell, where? Upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. Mm. You know those little cul-de-sacs? Those little hatcheries? Those little places, the Everglades? You know, what little babies hatch? You know, because you can't put them out there in the sea yet. You, you understand what I'm saying? You don't put a baby in the world yet. You let it grow up, right? You nurture it. Well, it's the same thing. 
Some little places, them little rivers, them little cul-de-sacs, no little, little, little waterways. Where the weather? The, 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 the big life, sea life, it's in the sea. They, they come and have their little babies. The little, that, that's the little hatchery. That's where they get nurtured. Well, not all that's polluted. So, so, so whatever that would have been life for the sea, which would have been life also for the people that's living in America, it did. So not only is it a third dying over here in the sea, but you don't have nothing over here to replace it because it's being killed too. Because the water and the rivers have become polluted. God showed me that when hurricanes, when real hurricane season get here, it's gonna be two coming in that gulf. It's gonna do some damage. One is gonna be a diamond key, and it's gonna throw it. And everything that's in that sea, that oil, all that oil, whether it's on top, in the middle, or on the bottom, it's gonna throw it up. That hurricane is gonna throw it up. And when it throw it up, it's gonna throw it up deep in there. Now we're talking about poison. What you think that's going to do to the people? I'm going to show you a minute what it's going to do in the Word. It's going to torch the people. Just as soon as they get clearance to go back out there and fish, they go. And guess what? That sea life that's out there that have adjusted to the toxicity of that ocean. Man gonna be eating. He gonna be toxic too. Because those people are dead. And they're gonna go back just as soon as the red body, I mean the green light is given, go back. Or there are no poison. They go back. Because of the line. They're going there. And that thing is going to pollute these waters, that hurricane. One going to get direct and one going to come from the tip, the southern tip of Florida. When it come in, when the first one come in and hit, I don't know which one going to hit first, but I know two of them going to hit. One coming straight in, one coming from the tip of Florida. And when it comes, them things go count clockwise. And when it comes, that thing gonna come in from an angle and it's gonna throw it. All the way across. And the one that's gonna come in from the tip of Florida, it's gonna throw it. More toward Texas and western, Midwest, because of the way it's going. Remember that God's speaking this to you. Remember and watch for it. Watch. Watch and see don't it happen. And when it happens, you'll know that God's prophecies are true. You'll know. Ain't no prophecy never came from this pulpit and failed and never one will. That's how much trust I got in what I hear from God, regardless of what anybody thinks about me. It doesn't matter. 
It's what God thinks. And what God tells me, I speak. And that's all that matters. Because my job is done after that. It's done. The Bible says in verse 11, and the name of the star <laughs> called Wormwood. Word Wormwood means bitter. Wormwood is a bitter plant representing God's judgment and human sorrow. Does not that BPD provide when it fails? Did it not become bitter to the people? Wormwood. Why? Because it polluted their water, didn't it? Meaning that their blessings are now polluted, their livelihood. In the spiritual and in the natural, the actual waters are polluted. So when it kills out the little fisheries, the little crabs, the little oysters, in the little incubators, the little lobster, all the crayfish and all that stuff that the folk eat, and the little fish, they can't go out in the big place yet. When you kill them out, then they won't have nothing to replace what's already dying out there. So what that's going to do? That's going to cause a panic. Hyperinflation. It's coming. They wait to hit us with the oil. It's coming too. They just wait. They got a mess on their hand right now, but it's coming. See, there's an evil involved in this. Spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a deep evil in this. And it's beyond the comprehension of man, what's going on. That's why they can't get fixed. A monster has been turned loose, and they don't know how to fix it. They can't get to it. Let me tell you something. Don't ever, a man ought not ever build something that a man can't physically get to to fix. Amen. He can get to, out there to fix a satellite, but he can't go down a mile under because of the water pressure. Now, he doesn't build something down there, and anything that a man builds is liable to mess up at some point in time, children. Amen. So you, you, you don't want to ever build something a man don't need to be on nothing that he can't get to the fix. I mean, put his hands on the fix. Amen. See, if he can get down there and put his hands on it, he can deal with it. But he can't go that low. Not to put his hands on it. Wormwood. Bitter. I'm just about finished. Verse 11 says, In the name of the star, mm -hmm. was called Wormwood, BP Deepariser. Oh, Julian Platform. Mm -hmm. It was a star. That thing was pumping out. They, they said that thing got so much oil pumping out of it till it'll pump through our lives. Still be pumping. Oh, that was a rich vein for them. And what makes it so bad is that, see, they ain't letting you know the true story about it. They ain't letting you know the real deal about it. See, see that thing ain't got fault lines along it. And when it blew up, they just showing you, because you took an act of the government to make it show where that little 
Probably they can't do shelter, but you don't know nothing about that mother no crack that they're spewing them. They don't show you that. See, that'll come out later. Amen. After they get this finished. Then they'll let you know what we found. <laughs> no, they already know it's there. Yeah, because they didn't even want you to know about the government had to make them put that camera out there where you can see that what is being. But they sure ain't gonna let you see that great big thing that's unruptured. You see. They know it's under there. And they'll tell you about it in the later. When some of the heat get off. But look what happens. Verse 11, it says, And the third part of the water became bitter, wormwood, bitter. How I many of y'all know what'll make you laugh sometimes? We'll make you cry. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 It'd be truthful. Everything ain't perfect. It You know, it's work. It's a job. Anytime you're in any kind of relationship with people, no matter where it is, it's a job involved. Difficult sometimes. That's why love is not a request, it's a command. Because God knew that thing was going to be tough. He was tough on him. He wasn't going, oh man, I'll, won't you take this from me? Mm -hmm. He wanted to yell. Check your God now. If you ever let a preacher tell you he willfully did nothing, you better go back and check the scripture. He was commanded to do that. He said in the garden, Lord, if this cup can be passed from me. <laughs> Come on now. Don't look to me like he was tipping to the cross for us. But God so loved the world that he sacrificed his son for that. I don't even think he asked his son how he thought about it. <laughs> oh, you just do it. Because, because the book says in the book of John that as I was commanded by my father, let us arise and go this. And he was looking at Jerusalem going toward his death. He let us know right then. His father had commanded him to do that. Then he gets in the garden and he said, Because now when that thing starts getting close to the execution, it starts becoming a reality. Reality sets in. You know, the day of judgment. Reality sets in. Now, you need a little help. You get this off me. The Bible says that it became wormwood. And many what? Men. Die of the what? Waters. Of the waters. Why? Because the waters were made bitter. In other words, the waters, the same thing that gave you life, and the same thing that gave you livelihood, turned against you because of the mistake. From man. And the mistake was this. 
going to cut corners and not do it the right way first. So when you got folk that want to do things the right way, and then you got folk that want to grumble, no, I don't think we need to do it that way. And then when the grumblers outweigh the logic, then what you will have is a mess. So what happens is, is that these people, they will walk not to cut corners. But then you take eat. Because you got some jacko over here talking about, well, we can save money. We can do this. And we can put in a contingency plan that we use over here in Alaska about how to save the seals in case of, ain't no seals in the Gulf. But you're going to use the same contingency plan. You can't do that. See, see, we can't use the contingency plan here at House of Destiny that First Baptist used for their Amen. contingency plan. Amen. You have to have your own. I can't use my contingency plan to take care of your household. You have to have your own. But you've got to have a contingency plan. One that's proper. Because if you know when hard times hit, you'll be hurt. And that's exactly what's done happening in the go. Hard times are here. And they in a situation and they don't know how to get out of it. And BP don't show them know how to get them out of it. And to be honest with you, I don't even think they care about getting it out of them. I told you, the only thing that they care about is how we're going to get out of this with the least amount of money losing as we possibly can and still stay on float. That's their main objective. They could care less about how much wildlife, if they could care less about the ecological system dying or the people dying with it. It makes no difference whatsoever. But God's revelation is right here about what's happening down there in that city. It's right here. And there's a lot of death going on in the city. And that whole ecological system is a disaster. Because I don't know if y'all understand what it's like to try to, even just to walk on the beach and, 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 and you're stepping on tar, crude oil. Do you know that that'll get in you and kill you? So I'm praying for the people in the Gulf. I'm praying for America. I'm praying for the world. For the next few sessions. I'll probably be dealing in the book of Revelation about things that God has shown me that are hidden. I might sound like a doomsday prophet. Most of us do. Most, most prophets tell lies when they tell people everything's going to be okie-dokie. People flock to that. But they don't want to hear truth about the situation. But we can really look at it for what it really is. But it's okay. My job is done. Deacon, y'all come around. Brenda, you come up and close out because what I'm going to do, I'm going to do what God told me to do. God told me to go in my office and pray for y'all. And that's what I want to do.
And after I do that, God said, and after you do it, I'm going to do you just like I've done Joseph. 